Hello everybody and welcome to um, the first full edition of the um, All Blaze No Glory podcast. Um, I am really pleased that I managed to interview Stephen Lynch, the Edinburgh Capitals head coach um, for the upcoming season. Uh, it's very interesting to have the camps back and I hope you enjoy the interview. Welcome to the All Blaze No Glory podcast to uh, Five Flyers uh, legend and a legend of many other teams, uh, Stephen Lynch. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. And uh, sorry, did I get that intro right? I think you played for more teams than just the Five Flyers. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I kind of I almost covered every base in Scottish hockey. Actually, I think with the exception of Dundee, um, there was Fife. Um, then I had a year in Dumfries, uh, a year in Ayr, a couple in Paisley, and then uh, eight in Edinburgh, um, and then back to Fife to finish things off again. That's a that's a that's a pretty well-rounded resume in terms of Scottish playing hockey. And you know, you know, a coach. I think um, you're coaching Edinburgh Capitals, obviously, which is what we're going to get on to talk about. But I think you've been involved in the the junior scene before that, and uh, and maybe a bit with the Fife juniors as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I, I kind of I got into junior hockey just round about when my son started playing when he was sort of four four and a half years old. I was still playing for the Flyers at the time, so. I started taking him to the learn to play at Kirkcaldy and um, very quickly, I think within within his second practice, I ended up on the ice helping out. And um, from there, I just kind of progressed to um, coaching various age groups in Kirkcaldy, uh, ended up becoming the head coach of the club. And then with that, David Hand, who was SIH chairman at the time, asked me if I wanted to get involved with the national programme and, and start doing some stuff with the, with the Scotland setup which um, I was happy to do. So I, I was head coach of Scottish ice hockey for, I think, maybe seven years. I just kind of called time on that this summer. Um, and then last year, uh, I found myself up at Dundee for a year coaching the under-19 team up there. Um, that was a good time as well. You know, I enjoyed that. It was a, it was a good year. Um, but then this summer, obviously, I, I got the opportunity to... Um, to jump out of junior hockey and into senior hockey back at a club that um, always had a, it was always close to my heart, Edinburgh Capitals, when I heard they were forming again and I was asked if I wanted to um, to take on the coaching role there. I didn't really have to think long about it. It was a pretty easy decision to make. So, yeah, a lot, long time in junior hockey. Uh, enjoyed most, if not all of it. it. It comes with its problems sometimes, but I guess that's just part and parcel. Um Covered off, you know, did a lot of work with Scotland teams and was lucky to coach the Great Britain under-16 team as well for a couple of years. So um, enjoyed every minute of it, but now it's um, it's looking forward to something new. Cool, cool. And um, um, you, you touched on it there, the, the caps are back. I think it's a, maybe a three-year hiatus, maybe four. I think it was two, two, four years, I think. 2018, wasn't it? That was their last season. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's right, because the racers had... Two seasons and then lockdown cancelled them in 2020. So that would be yeah that that accords accords with that. Um, obviously the the uh, there was the two years where where we've had the racers and things and I'm, I'm I don't think it's worthwhile getting into the the politics behind all that. But um, to as someone as you said, it's a club close to your heart. What did it mean to you to hear that, that the Caps were on their way back to to Murrayfield? It was massive. Uh, like you touched on that, you don't want to get into the politics, and 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 I certainly don't either. Um, it's it's a, it's it's I'm seeing it as t- it's a turning of the page. You know what's happened's happened. The Edinburgh Capitals are back. Um, when I first heard that it was happening, 
like I, I was delighted. Like I say, it's, it's a club that I, I had the most fun or most enjoyable eight years of my hockey career playing there. Uh, I, I loved playing there in, in the BNL and a, a little bit in the Elite League when I was there. Um, loved the place. Um, when I heard the Caps were, were, were making a comeback, I... Uh, I instantly wanted to be a part of it. I was I was kind of sitting hoping I was going to be asked one way or another. Um, luckily, I was. So um, yeah, not just for you know, it, it's great for for Scottish hockey that Murrayfield Ice Rink's open again. You know, you think of all the fans that have missed out on hockey in the last couple of years. Caps fans, Racers fans, fans of any any team that have, that have, that have played out Murrayfield Ice Arena. Um, and I, and I think I think everybody in Scottish ice hockey's missed Murrayfield Ice Arena as well, and missed the junior teams, the reg teams, the university teams. You know, you you name it. There's a lot of there's a lot of different teams, whether it be professional, amateur, rec, junior, all play out of that rink. So I, I think it gave Scottish ice hockey a big lift when uh, when when the announcement was made that Murrayfield Ice Arena was opening again and the Caps were going to be back. Yeah, yeah, and I think the official opening date is. Is on or around the, the weekend of the 14th of October. Um, yes. That's right. And and so, but before then, I think the Caps are maybe starting the season out on the road. Now, I, I kind of asked you a question before we started recording. How has things been getting getting everyone uh, up to speed? Well, we've started, we've started pre-season training already. We had our first practice on Monday night. We're, we're practicing out of Fife for the first five or six weeks until, until Murray feels ready for us to start training there. Um, which brings us, it's, it brings its challenges. You know, you, you want to start the season off practicing and playing out your own rink, but that's not possible just with the work that's going on. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time to get the ice pad ready. Um, so yeah, we're, we're practicing on the road and we're going to play our first four games on the road um, and then we look to move back into Murrayfield week beginning, I think you said 14th, I think it's actually Saturday the 15th of October, I think it is, I'm not 100% sure, uh, but that's that that's the date that we've got earmarked and from what I believe the work at Murrayfield Ice Arena is bang on schedule, maybe even uh, maybe a few days ahead of schedule, uh, we're possibly looking to get in there to start training the week before that, um, if we can, all going well. So, um, so yeah, it was important. That I think originally when we started talking about putting the team together, we we spoke about delaying the season until Murrayfield, delaying the start of our season until Murrayfield was ready. But that was never really going to be a viable option. We had to we had to hit the ground running. Even from a from a player recruitment point of view, it would be difficult to try and sign a team if we weren't going to be starting until maybe six seven weeks after everybody else. So we had to come up with some other alternatives and that's training out of Fife. They've been gracious to give us um, some ice time to help us with our preparations and training. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll go, we'll go for the first few weeks there before we get the opportunity to move back into our own rink. Cool. Cool. And, and, and how did the, how did the boys find their first, the first training session um, uh, under the, well, with the return of the caps? How, how was it? Um, I was pleasantly surprised, uh, to be honest. Uh, I know there was a lot of, there was a few guys that hadn't really skated at all in the last couple of years. Um, there was a handful of guys that had been playing maybe just rec hockey, you know, just maybe scrimmaging once a week and, and things like that. So we knew there was going to be a little bit of rust on a few of them, but the uh, the initial signs were encouraging. We had everybody there apart from a couple that were still waiting to come into the country. Um, we had a few trialists on the ice as well. That, that's definitely given me a little bit of food for thought. Guys from the juniors, guys from university teams, and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, good first practice. We look to build on that uh, on our next one as we as we sort of prepare for our first game in Kirkcaldy on the, I think it's the seventeenth of September. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and well, I presume that's against uh, the Kestrels. Uh, yeah. And is it good to get that uh, sort of Fife Murrayfield rivalry right right under your belt right away? Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got to play. You've got to play every team four times anyway, so it doesn't really matter what order they come in. Um, but yeah, we play the Kestrels first, and then our second game's up in Dundee. So that's you know two of my ex teams that have played at and well played or coached at. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely going to be a little bit of a rivalry. Um, but um, no, like we're just we're just I think everybody's just really keen to get started, especially since we've had that first practice on Monday night. Um, it was it was two months in the making of starting to put a team together. To, to that first practice. So it was nice to get everybody together in the one dressing room and everybody out on the ice. And there was a lot of smiles and a lot of faces, especially the Edinburgh guys that haven't really had a chance to to play too much competitive hockey in the last couple of years. So yeah, it was everything everything was good as far as the first practice goes. Great, that's, that's good to hear. And um, in, in terms of recruitment, how, how do you go about that with an SNL team? I appreciate you can't tell me everything, but what's it, I mean, for us, People contact us and say I want to play hockey or recce or uni or whatever. But for for putting together a solid SNL lineup, how do you go about that? It was basically me going around with my phone glued to my ear for about a month solid. Um, I, I was I was calling everybody that I knew. People, I, I was taking a few phone calls myself as well. It started off pretty quietly um, because. Once, even though I'd accepted to take the job on and we knew the Caps were coming back, it wasn't actually official for, for another sort of two couple of weeks, maybe. So for the first couple of weeks, I'm phoning some guys and I'm trying to say, you know, there's going to be a team in Edinburgh, the rink's open again. And I think there was, there was probably a few people didn't believe me, in all honesty. <laughs> but uh, once, the, once, the, uh, once the announcement was made that the rink was open and the Caps were back, the, the phone was, uh, like I say, it was, it was basically stuck to the side of my head for the best part of a month. And um, we were we were probably quite lucky in, in, in who we managed to recruit. We missed out on two or three players that we would have liked that would have made us a little stronger. Um, but they they chose they chose other other avenues for their own reasons, which you you, you completely respect. Um, but once I started speaking to a few people, um, started sort of explaining to them what we were going to try and do in Edinburgh, how we were going to try and do it, and try and run an amateur team as professionally as you possibly can. I think that really appealed to a lot of guys. Um, so, like I say, while I missed out on two, maybe three players, we managed to recruit what we believe is to be a pretty strong team so far. We're not finished yet. We're still looking to um, to maybe add another one, maybe two, maybe two or three more players before the season starts, um, which all going well, I think we'll do. But um, the recruitment process was fun. Like I say, it was once once you started speaking to some people and started highlighting what your plans were and what the plans were for the the the, the team and the building and. And so on and so forth. That was, I think, I, th- I really think it interested a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and um, I've obviously had some some chats as well. I, I've been seeing, and maybe you can shed a little bit more light on that. But there's a um, a new cafe in in the ring, or sorry, the arena uh, now, and uh, it seems to be open already. Or if I got that wrong, yeah, that- the Iceberg Cafe. Um, they totally ripped out the old one, um, put a new. It's a state of the art. I don't know if state of the art is the right the right term or phrase, but um a much cleaner, much brighter, much more appealing cafeteria there that actually serves food that's um quite looks quite a, a quite appetizing. Uh, there's it's still there's still a little bit of a question mark as whether they're going to keep doing things like stovies and pies and things like that. But um 
No, the, the cafes are a complete overhaul. Um, I believe the bar is going to be the next um, to get, get get completely overhauled. Uh, there's been a lot of work done to the pipe work underneath the pad because, as as everybody knows, that was in a state of um, a state of disrepair. It was a lot of it had to be replaced. So all the pipe work's been replaced. Um, I believe they've done all the pressure testing and it's come back with it came back with one or two leaks which they've fixed. Now it's just a case of, of laying the pad once the um, I think the place is getting used right now for the, uh, something with the festival. I think there's some sort of pop-up thing going on at the festival right now. So they're kind of limited as to what they can do right now. But as soon as that's finished, they're going to get to, to finishing off the pad. And then I think they plan on turning the coolers on kind of end of September. So, yeah, there's a, there's, there, there, there's a lot of good things happening with the rink. Um, the people that are involved in, in running it now, have, I think they've got it for a minimum 10-year lease. So they've got plans. Um, they want they want to make the building a little more appealing. They want to make it um, more enticing for people to come in, whether it be for public skating, whether it be for hockey, whether it be for junior hockey, figure skating. You know, they, they want to make the place more appealing. It's starting with the cafe that's going to be open sort of seven days a week now, right throughout the day, as opposed to just a couple hours here and there. And um, yeah, there's uh, big plans for the place that if everything if everything comes to fruition, People will be coming into Murrayfield to eat, to drink, to do all sorts of things, not just to not just to step on the ice or or watch what's going on on the ice. No, that's 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 uh, that's good to hear, and and certainly the, there might be a riot though if the cafe doesn't serve stodgy stovies on on match. And I'll be right at the front of that line. <laughs> <laughs> um. So um. The other thing is I've been I've been seeing some of the tweets about various recruits and, and some of them are familiar faces to me. Jack played with the Jack Wright played with the Eagles last year. But um the uh the the biggest and best reaction I've seen is the is the mascot returning. So have, have you had the chance to meet the mascot yet? And well, not yet, no, but the, the the guy seems to have a bit of an iconic figure, doesn't he? Um I, th- I think he got the most likes on social media more than any of the players when he is when his announcement was made that he was returning. Poor guy's been in hibernation for four years now. He's going to be itching to get out and, and do his thing in the first the first home game. So uh yeah, but it's, it's a bit of fun. But I believe, like I say, I believe Paws has a bit of a, an iconic following on social media around the country with hockey fans. So it'll be nice to see him do his thing at the first home game as well. <laughs> and brilliant. And and what what are your your goals or or maybe not expectations, but your goals for this season in terms of this the squad? It's obviously been put together in a, a bit more challenging way than perhaps you would like with not being able to be at home and things to start off with. Well, when 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 I when I first accepted the job, there was there was three or four things that I really wanted to to try and do when we started putting the team together. First of all, I wanted us to have a lot of speed, which I think we've done um, with some of the guys that we've brought in. We wanted to have um, a deep bench, which I think we're in the process of doing, and we wanted to have a good nucleus of Murrayfield born and bred trained players, which we've which we've done as well, as well as bringing a few in from a, from around other teams as well. The, the, that was the three things that we really wanted to kind of do um, when, when, when we started putting a team together. Our hopes for the season, we want to compete. We're not doing this to finish second, you know. Um, we want to be competing right from the start of the season, right to the end of the season for leagues and cups and all the other honours that go with it. Um, like I say, we still need a couple of players to maybe help us do that, but we're definitely uh, we're definitely on the right track. Cool, cool. And then the... Uh, uh, lost my train of thought slightly there. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of com- com- competition, um, is it the 
goal of the Caps to maybe sort of go down the NHL route, sort of like Dundee have done in the Cups and things in the future, or is that not something that's been discussed yet? Not really something that's been discussed in any great depth yet. We have reached out to a few NIHL teams to see if they want to play some home and away friendlies and things like that, where we can gauge where we're at as a team and gauge where we're at as a club um, sort of thing. Um, but like I say, right now, we're, we're not we're not going to run before we can walk. Yeah, the Caps have been around for 20-odd years, but what people have also got to remember is when we go into the season, we're going in as a first-year team again. So we have to, you know, we have to make sure we build the fan base. We have to make sure we build a good, solid squad. We have to make sure we've got everything in place behind the scenes and, and, and things like that. If we if we do all that and do all that quickly next year, who knows? Anything's possible. But um, like I say, we're not thinking that far ahead right now. We're really just thinking about this first season uh, and having a good competitive squad on the ice and putting everything right in the background to make the club as successful as it can be. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I, I do hope that you, you manage to organise a game of Whitney Bay in Murrayfield. That would be that'd be wild again. <laughs> it's always been a rivalry uh, with the Scots and Whitley Bay. <laughs> um, and just um, obviously, you're you're a tenured cap from from back in the day. Is is it? Does it feel like the Caps again, or does it feel like a new team altogether? A little bit of both. Like I say, the name the name was around for, for I think twenty seasons. Um, so yeah, the Caps are back, but it is a yeah, it is a new team. It is a different team now, um, playing in a different league from where they were from the last time they were around. So, it, yeah, it's the same, but it's completely different. The same thing. Okay, uh, a couple more questions, a bit off topic with from the Caps itself, um, but just if anyone's interested in and in how a coach prepares. What, how how much time do you spend sort of prepping a practice, prepping a game plan, um, on a week to week basis uh, in in your role as as the head coach? Well, the first practice was 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 fairly simple. In all honesty, we didn't do anything too in depth. It was really just a lot of flow drills to get the guys' hands and feet working together again and get their eyes working with their hands and things like that. We've we, it's a little bit challenging this year because we've only got four practices until our sorry four more practices until our first game. So we've got to try and find time to, to work on defensive zone stuff. We've got to try and find time to work on breakouts, our forecheck, our back check, power play, things like that, as well as get the guys fit as fit as we possibly can in that in that sort of short time scale as well. So a little bit different. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm maybe I'm maybe thinking about it a little bit more than 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 I would in any other season because, like I say, we've got a short window to try and get the guys ready, and we've got guys that haven't played in a few years. So. There's a bit of thought involved in that. Um, when it comes to games, I don't like to overthink hockey, uh, in all honesty. I really don't. I think my philosophy on hockey is if you can put together a talented team that works hard, you'll, you'll, you'll have a relative amount of success. Um, you can draw up whatever fancy plays, fancy formulas, fancy systems. But if, you, if your players aren't buying in or if they're not giving everything they've got, they're not going to, they're, they, they, don't, they don't necessarily work. So, like I say, especially at SNL level, if you can put together a talented team that are going to go out and outwork the team you're going to play against, uh, I think you'll have success. And we, I've already made a point in saying that the guys will be the hardest working team in the league. And hopefully, as the season goes on, we'll become the fittest team in the league as well to be able to play the style that, that we want to play. Okay. And um, this podcast is a bit eclectic um, in terms of sport. Um, it's all different sports on it. So, there might be a few people that are just listening because they're my pals and they want to, they want, <laughs> want to support me. But um, just uh, 
you know, you've been in hockey a, a long time. I don't want to say you've been in hockey forever because you're not that old. But, <laughs> it feels um, like it sometimes. <laughs> what, why would you suggest to people that hockey is a good sport to, to either get involved in or, or to watch? I think just the speed of it, the skill level is something completely different. It's, it's a family sport. It's a difficult sport to master as well, which I think people understand once they come to see it. You know, you're, you're skating on blades that are an eighth of an inch thick and you're firing up a little rubber disc around like a bullet trying to keep up with it. It's uh, there's, there's certainly a lot of skill involved. Um, and like I say, the family element of the sport is is great to, is great to see too. You'll probably see just as many women uh, watching a game of hockey as you will men, and a lot of kids as well. Um, I think for those reasons alone, it makes it one of the most exciting sports. Um, I think it's one of the, don't quote me on this, but I think it's one of the highest attended indoor sports in the country. Um, I'm not sure what it's competing against, but I, I do remember reading that or hearing that somewhere where, you know, with the, the elite league crowds, some some teams are getting four, five, six thousand people a game. Um, it is a fast, exciting, entertaining sport. Okay. And um, and finally, because I'm sure a lot of people want to know this, what is your um, proudest moment in a Caps jersey? Proudest moment in a Caps jersey? Um I always remember when I played for Edinburgh, we always lost when we went into Fife. And we, we used to lose quite heavily sometimes. But I remember one game in the playoffs, we went, we went in there and spanked them something like four, maybe 4-1 four or something like that, but completely outplayed them from start to finish. Um, I, might have scored, I might have scored a goal in that game. I can't 100% remember. But um, that was a nice feeling after taking the few beatings that we took over the years and there, going there and winning the playoffs. That was a, that was a pretty big achievement. That was that was a pretty nice feeling, especially with me being a Kakadi boy. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have been the only other game um, that you the the Caps beat the the Flyers, and I remember Daniel McIntyre got a, ble- a bloody ear in that game and ended up uh, he walked to the hospital because I offered him a lift and he just <laughs> walk himself. That was that was Daniel. Um, uh, one last question: Who who is the best player you've ever played with in your time in uh, in hockey? Oh, there's been a few. Um, there's been a few. Uh, obviously, Tony Hand has to get a mention for what he's done for hockey. Um, he was a fantastic player. Um, Jason Lafreniere was an amazing player when he was the year he spent with the Caps. When I was 18 and played in Fife. The two imports we had that year were Doug Smale and Laurie Boschman. And I think the two of them had probably around 2,000 NHL games between them. Um, Yuri Lala and Ayer, uh, Czech top scorer in Czech league history, I think he was. Um, he was something else as well. I'd actually I'd, I'd love to have seen Yuri maybe 10 years earlier when he was a little bit more intense, he kind of lost a bit of his intensity at 38. He came, I think he basically came over to play a year in air just to learn English because I think he owned a hotel. I, I think the, the, real, the, the main reason he came over wasn't to play hockey, it was to help him with his English. Um, but the best player, I'd probably have to say Laurie Boschman because I played on, he, he was only in five for maybe about 10 weeks, but uh, I played in the line with him. Uh, it's pretty amazing what a guy with over a thousand NHL games can teach you when you're sitting on the bench and in the dressing room between shifts, between periods, things like that. I, yeah, I'd probably have to say Bosch, but like I say, Smale, Lala, Lafreniere, Tony Hand, they, 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 they would all come a, a joint close second, I think. 
<laughs> and uh, was it Lala that you said he was the the player from Air? Was he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, if you if you were recommending to him the best place in Scotland to play hockey to learn English, would you recommend Air? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But they were the they were the only Super League team at the time, and I think they, uh, I think he was friends with uh, the assistant coach in Air at the time, a guy called Milan Fagala, another Czech guy. I think they knew each other, so that was the kind of link to get him over. But. I remember, I remember, like I say, I'm sure he had he had a hotel back in the back in Czech, and uh, I'm sure his his main reason he wanted to come over and spend a year here wasn't to play hockey; it was to learn English because he was he was I think he was preparing for retirement. I'm, I'm maybe not maybe I've maybe got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that rings a bell somewhere. <laughs> um, and of course, that uh, when you say they're only Super League team, my my brain when you said air immediately went to Lincoln Road. So. I'm glad you clarified it. it was the old Centrum rink. Which yeah, that was that was yeah that was a fantastic ice rink. It actually breaks. I drove past it a couple of years ago, and saw it was a Sainsbury's now, and uh, it nearly broke my heart to be honest. It was a fantastic ice. It was the perfect sort of size ice rink for a, a hockey team in Scotland. I think there was just under or just over three thousand seats, and it was just set out perfectly. And it's a shame it's not around anymore. But hey ho. Yeah, yeah. A- anyway, um. Thank you so much for for giving us your time tonight. Um, no problem. And uh, and letting us talk about the return the return of the caps. Um, I was going to do an R Kelly voice there, but it's not appropriate anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, thank thanks so much for, for that. Just finally, just uh, one last plug, I suppose, for um, why folks should get along and see the caps this year. Why not? You know, you, they're back after a four-year hiatus. Um, a very historic team that's played out of Murrayfield Ice Arena for a long time. We've got a new team. We've got a young team made up of a lot of homegrown players that have come through the Murrayfield Junior Hockey Club uh, and a few players from out with Edinburgh. Um, I think fans have missed hockey. And like I said, I, I, everybody I speak to or every little interview I do or, or whatever, I always mention the Racers fans as well, not just the Caps fans. We just call them hockey fans in Edinburgh. They're hockey fans. It doesn't matter what team. If you've missed hockey and you've missed Murrayfield Ice Arena, come along and check us out and come and come and see what we're all about. Uh, and I can guarantee you'll have a you'll be watching a team of guys that are going to play with their hearts on their sleeves and give everything they've got week in week out. Brilliant. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Stephen there for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have him as our first full guest. Um, a very knowledgeable coach, I'm sure you'll agree, and I do look forward to what the Caps put out on the ice um, this season. If you're an Edinburgh ice hockey fan, um, then this is the senior team for you in Edinburgh. Get yourself along there um, and watch some hockey. I know they're trying to do great things with the Murrayfield Ice Arena uh, when it opens, including a a lovely new cafe layout, um, and I hope you'll all enjoy that. If ice hockey's not your cup of tea and you have listened to this, well, thank you very much. Um, I will be back with another podcast uh, with a good friend of mine, Kenny Collins of Collins Wellness and um, Coaching, on Monday. Um, and thereafter, there will be a follow-up podcast uh, reviewing Festival um, after that. Um, this is essentially a podcast for all sports. And if there is anything tickles your fancy or you want me to cover, then please get in touch. Um, I thank you for your time. Thank you for taking time to listen to this. Please uh, leave a review and subscribe and uh, take care until next time. Thank you.